If you're trying to find somebody likes it, there are some more places you can do that. Check us out and subscribe on iTunes or on Stitcher. Tell your friends because iPods. Oh, shit, I fucked it up. One, two, three, four. Take three. Take, here. take three. Uh, I didn't want to start talking about it because it, it, it takes a lot of work for me to say awards. So since this well, is you're getting better. No, no, I know. At your words? No, it just it takes a lot of energy. It's hard. I wanted to save my precious words in case we had to go back and do take four. So okay, well I think we're here now. All right, no, I know. You know who else is here? Matt Munoz. I was gonna say Matt. Hello. I'm looking at him. Hi. You're Hi. sporting a stash now. I am. We're, we're what up with that? Are you going into a, an illustrious porn career? Shh! Don't tell anybody. All right. <laughs> I do like the stash. I was gonna gonna mention that earlier, but Ryan beat me to it. So. Sorry, man. We should have coordinated before this. <laughs> well, we got finished with the big uh, episode 100 last week. and um, What did you guys do for the 100? Mixtape? We did a super long mixtape. an epic mixtape. Ooh. We, did we, a lo- we, we picked songs that are all on lists of 100 whatever. Like 100 greatest this, 100 worst that. But we did Billboard it from... Hot 100. Whatever, and they were from the so we did seventies, eighties, nineties, and aughts, and Mark did it too. So we did four videos each. So the three of us plus this time Mark joined in. Mark doesn't have a mic today because I I didn't <laughs> I didn't bring a a mic an extra mic in. So anyway, all right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some theme music. And um, you want to you can just you can just yell it out, I guess, Mark, at the end of this. So all right, this is Shane. I'm Ryan. Kevin. Matt. And Mark. So somebody likes it. So I guess technically this is music news, but really it's kind of like it will be music news. It's music news future and past. I was going to say, is it music news from the future? Future, yeah, kind of. And and the past. Uh, looks is like this about Beyonce's baby or something? No. Or babies? No. No, okay. This, uh, this summer, uh, filming will begin on a Master P biopic. Oh, na 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 na. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he also so, like a sports agent? Well, right. That part's left, uh, curiously, that part is uh, left out of the recap. But, I always think like it's the, the promo of it. Uh, he's but. not, and he's what? He's not even fifty. It's it's always no, it's, it's kind of a baller move. But Did like he you said, just like, like that one hit, like make him say, I don't uh. know. "Yeah, I have no idea." All I know is, um, I think it's kind of a baller move to like do your do your biopic. If he's fifty, do it now. Do it. Get it do, out of the way do it before there's a lot of the. Before a lot of the boring back end happens, well, and if it's if it's like hip hop, he's going to be expected to put one out like every year and a half. I mean, is, is so, he the guy like, who's responsible for D's nuts? Maybe was that, was that him? I know it was the same. I mean, era. I know a lot of people that bring up Master P a lot, but I can't, honestly can't tell you I know very much Other about. Other than going to make him say, "Uh," <laughs> have you never <laughs> have you never seen the hip hop masterpiece that is "I Got the Hookup"? That movie that he made? Uh, no. Oh I my god, not. you need to watch it. It is hilarious. I'm going to put that on my list. Vader Many people levels. are very excited that there's a Master P biopic. A lot of people coming. are very oh excited by Master P, and I've been noticing this lately. Like, people, I don't know, just random people that he's like, I think he just did another movie, and people were like flipping out about being in the movie with him. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's happening. 
If you're in New Orleans, look around because they're shooting there. I was going to say, you know, like it's a com- it's pretty unprecedented it's a baller move. But then again, if you think about it, like, I mean, NWA, they just did that NWA biopic. Like, NWA to me is a much more substantial. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, yes. Yeah. All right. Historical act. Look, I'm, like not, I'm not denying that. I'm not I'm not I'm not debating that at all. I'm just saying, like, you know, they're not maybe, maybe he got inspired. You know, like and he decided. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds pretty badass, though. Yeah. Well, time will tell. Okay, so Matt is in this week, um, as we alluded to earlier. I guess when we also put him on the mic, I guess there wasn't much illusion there. And um, it's Matt, pretty, pretty direct reference. It's yeah. your first time in in uh, in climate controlled. This is nice. Somebody likes it. And like seriously. When I pulled up, yeah. me and I think the clean crew were the only other Mexicans on the premises. <laughs> well, and sometimes the cleaning crew will come in here during the show. I mean, not like we don't give them, we don't put them on the mic. Yeah, but like That's maybe not we a could. Bad idea. Like, yeah, sure. I <laughs> think they'd be really, really confused <laughs> if we just <laughs> sit in, just like, just shove the fucking mic in their face, have them listen to one of the songs and give their take. Yeah, just <laughs> put the put the format to the test. But anyway, uh, yeah. So occasionally they will they will wander about, but. Um, but yeah, by and large, we, we're pretty specific with who gets a mic and whatnot. Um, as you can tell, Mark didn't make the cut tonight. We're really, you know, next time he's wiping away a fake tear. I don't know how <laughs> fake that was, but. Well, I mean, we are going to be talking about the Smiths, so um, there's sadness involved. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's yes. true. Yeah, we probably should get. Over the top sadness. Lots of sadness. There, there is sa- there is sadness. There's a, there's a lots of over the top though. Anyway, just in general. But why don't we? Since Matt, you came in and you and you picked the week this week. Why don't you tell us what's going on? I, I think you told me you were just reading a book or something. What? Well, it, it's really because tomorrow's the 30th anniversary of Louder Than Bombs, and I think it's a really crazy, interesting record in their catalog. Mainly because a, it's not really an official studio record. It's not really a record. It's a mishmash of a bunch of stuff but you know i I talked to a lot of people and um who've referenced it as their kind of entry point into the smiths the world of the smiths and it's kind of a a notable thing it's got a lot of weird we'll get into why it's kind of interesting in in the second stuff but it's i think you know the 30th anniversary of it it's kind of an interesting thing to make note of it and so louder than it's a hell of a record so for some reason, and I remember distinctly like seeing this cassette like in my car, probably from you, Shane. There's um, a chance of that. But I have never actually listened to it all the way through, and there was about five or six songs that I didn't know. Uh, now, I knew a bunch of them from other stuff. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely... Warner Brothers and Sire have not been shy about releasing Smith's material in as many formats as they could possibly release them yeah, over the yeah, course of the last Yeah, a bunch of them are like the, on the Best of compilation. There's a lots of Best of compilation. Do you yeah. guys have the holograms? Not yet. No, they're great. Yeah, they're really I've great. Heard. Are you? Yeah. See, are I'll you, bet both like, Matt and Shane if there, if there were a, a Morrissey hologram would just have that thing playing perpetually. <laughs> no, in yeah, Shane, no, Shane's first reaction internally, he's not telling you this, but his first reaction was like, oh shit, I gotta go get that. I was thinking, is that like, even a section in the record store? Just sell off a bunch of the cats. Right, yeah. I was thinking Man. Kevin really is from the future. Yeah, meow. I'm sure they'd <laughs> fetch me a lot of money. Yeah, cats don't fetch anything. Anyhow, anyway. no, it's, it's weird because like, I recall <laughs> like a uh, buddy of mine when I was in high school, his girlfriend at the time was a big Smiths fan, and I just like didn't know much about the Smiths. I think maybe I knew how soon is now, and that's about it. Um, but she was like, louder than bombs, that's the best one. And I just never listened to the whole thing until this week. I mean... Was she right? I'm not... Did she what? So was she right? 
Uh, I mean, I'd probably go with um, uh, not Mita's murder. Uh, the one after that, um, Queen is dead. Queen is dead. I'd probably, I probably think it's a more cohesive work and representation of them at that particular snapshot in their career. Um, and this is from kind of all over the place. It's a bunch of singles and yeah, B-sides. but it's pretty remarkably consistent. It's very, it's very good, except for there's there's these weird two weird outliers right in the middle of it. Shakespeare's sister, I'm gonna guess, is one. No, no, it's um, it's the cover of. Oh. Twinkle, go, go, uh, go the Golden Lights song. Yeah, Golden, Golden Lights. Lights, and then uh, right after that, uh, Oslate Oslate Wildly, Wildly, which Wildly. is a, um, a an instrumental, which I've never heard of Smith's inter- instrumental other than that. And the I knew that train. Yes. There are others. There are yes. others. Yes. All right. Well, anyway, but beyond that, it's pretty consistently, you know, Johnny Marr arpeggios all over the place and weirdo Morrissey shit. I love and, <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it, it's cool it, that yeah. you brought up the uh, the first cover because it's basically what drove Marr from the band. You know, he wanted to kind of really head in the direction of um, what uh, the last record was. You know, that they put out after <laughs> got released after they officially broke up. Um, and uh, Morrissey kind of strange ways, yeah, strange yes. ways. So Morrissey kind of was pushing to do more, more of these weird esoteric kind of covers. It was and this he wanted to do sound. Golden Lights? What was it like? What was another one that they did right around the, right around this time that it didn't make it on? Um, it was another. He he was like, I don't want to be sitting here playing so obscure girl band, English girl band, yeah. '60s covers. I've never heard of Twinkle in my life until today. Yeah. Um, what and then there's like a Sandy. There's Shaw probably song, good, yeah, right? Sandy Shaw, and there's probably a good reason. For that, but you know, Morrissey's weird, and it's a, it's a kind can of a cool I, can thing. I just share a little nugget here. So, one of the singular joys of the fact that that we're covering this record is the fact that there is a, a Mark Prendel review that lives online about all of the Smiths' work, where he uh, refers to them under the umbrella of extremely masculine brute rock. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the guy that wrote wow. the the great? Um, uh, review of um, well, who was that stick up Air Miami? Ass? No, no. Um, well, he that, he did. We did cover him there, but or use him there. But the, the stick up their ass band uh, with the militant Marxist lyrics. Uh, oh, Gang of Four. Gang of Four. Was that the guy that wrote that? Because that was really good. Might have been. Um, well, and I'll and at some point I'll share his uh, his faux take on on this band. Um, but but he does ask a, a pretty you know a fair question, which is uh, it basically makes this statement. He says, "I fail to see how a bunch of uh, peppy pop songs could be considered quote louder than bombs unless a they're being piped through an extraordinarily large theater sound system or b extremely small ineffective bombs are being used as a basis of comparison." <laughs> Either way, let's say something here, something short and sweet on this album. The Smiths reveal themselves to be a truly great melodic rock inspired guitar pop band. That part's well, pretty that, fair. That's true. Really, yeah, I, I I think that this album, on a whole, is their most cohesive album. Um, like even though there's so many more songs, that I don't. Every other Smiths album to me, there's like a one like outright clunker song that I don't want to listen to. Like it's Vicar in a Tutu on Meet His Murder, Meet His Mur or on Queen Is Dead, Meet His Murder on Meet His Murder. Um, Meet His Murder is just a bad song. Yeah, it's a shit song. That's what I'm saying. And, but this, and this record, yeah. even like, I mean, you probably, like Golden Lights, maybe Shakespeare's Sister, I've, I thought, I've warmed I, up I, to I literally more, thought that um, the album had ended and my Spotify had just picked something else because I was driving. And I was like, oh, well, this is clearly a different band. Uh, I don't know who sings on it. I guess Kirsty McCall sang like yeah. back, backing vocals on it. Uh, 
But anyway, it sounds like a completely different band. Yeah, well, that's where Morrissey wanted to get. Hey, did you, did you ever finish reading Autobiography? Yeah. I just finally finished it's it. Bad. It's bad. It's super bad. Dude, okay. I, tr- I tried to read it, man. My ex-girlfriend Dude. loaned it to me, and I, I, I stuck it out for like two weeks. And I, I, may, almost, I maybe got like 50 pages he, in. Uh, here's, the, here's the thing about that, though. The first, about the first 65 pages, I really liked. Um, it was really interesting. Um, it was really florid prose, but it was very original. And then once they get into the Smiths, he's either sucking his own dick or like, like talking about his enemies list for the rest of the fucking book. That's it. It's there's nothing. You don't get any insights. He either hates everybody. He hates the way everybody's treated him. He's been. He's yeah. he's been. He brings up the smallest slights that have ever. Okay, well, dude started out as a curmudgeon already. Like before. He got super famous, and like Shane, you know, I've met like his keyboard player Gus, and he showed me a, a photo of like being on stage at the Reading Festival, and there are like a hundred thousand people in front of him. Imagine already starting out as a curmudgeon, and then like basically the world, you know, just wants to kneel down and give you whatever you want. I don't know. Um, He's just an odd, odd, odd person. But thankfully, Morrissey is not the the whole of the Smiths. And speaking. No. Speaking of Matt, so we're gonna let's move on to listen to our first cut off this record. Which one would you want to listen to first? I think if there's anything um, that we should listen to first, it's gonna be the, the really the first song that I got turned on to off this record, which really was my entry into the Smiths, and that's "Ask." It's uh, super catchy, great. Yeah, super great song. Let's get in. Kindness is nice, and kindness can stop you from saying all. You'd like to So if there's something you'd like to try If there's something you'd like to try Ask me, I won't say no How could I Spending warm summer days indoors Writing frightening birds To a buck-toothed girl in Luxembourg Yeah, that's another good one too. But you know what, Johnny Moore didn't. That was that that kind of. I read I've read stuff over the years where he kind of throws that into like Golden Lights. He didn't want to be writing those really light, but fluffy, frothy, up tempo pop songs. Like at the I end, I mean, I yeah, think. no, that's a that's a super hooky song though. It's a it's great it's, song. I mean, it's like I like if you go and you listen to that fucking record. There's really not like even the. It's just it's a remarkable collection of consistency over the course of the entire record. Like it may not have standouts like "The Queen Is Dead," the, that song, or like "Big Mouth Strikes Again," or "There's a Light That Never Goes Out," but it's remarkably consistently good, like from start to finish. No, it was it was one of the few records that we've ever picked that I was able to like just sing along to most of it, like you and, know, and not really know how you knew the words to well, it. Well, no, I, I mean. It, most of them I'd heard from uh, other places, or, or actually from this record, but just not having listened to the whole thing. That, all I once. Think that happens to me a lot, though. Like, I, like I hear a song that, like, I've never, can, I can never remember actually sitting down and listening to it. I'll hear it at the grocery store and but fucking I, like know every word. Yeah, I mean, like, like more so than than uh, I thought I did. But I've apparently been singing "Ask" wrong like all these years 
because I never saw the video before. I always thought it was the bond that keep that oh, brings no. us together. <laughs> oh no, it's bomb. Yeah. Bomb. Yeah. Uh, you, you know why I know Bond that? would be very literal. Because they're actually holding like the most cartoonish like 1930s version of a bomb. And like it they, says bomb on it. Like the kind of the kind of bomb they have in like a Bugs Bunny cartoon or like yeah, even, like with a lit fuse and they're like what? or like Spy versus Spy, like the Mad Magazine shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like that. It, and it no. just says bomb. I, I'm pretty sure he's referring to the the, the nuclear bomb. Could have been nuclear. I'm pretty sure it was the nuclear bomb. Nuclear? Nuclear bomb. Nuclear. Uh, to, to, uh, to, uh, to quote uh, George W. Bush. Morrissey loves his bombs. I mean, every day is like Sunday, you know. He does. Well, again, that's like, you know, I'm pretty sure that's in, we're d- discussing nuclear bombs. So who's, who's the guy bomb. that directed this? Oh, yeah. Matt? What's the story behind that, Matt? So Derek Jarman, um, who's a big hoity-toity um, uh, director of the, of the moment, I think he was somehow involved with the Sid Nancy movie. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, so he did. He did a bunch of videos for that, um, including "There Was a Light." Uh, he did "Panic," uh, and they put this compilation to, together. Well, he for, did. Uh, he did the "Queen Is Dead" video Queen as Dead. well. Right? And like, they I all actually like in in radio, TV, yeah. film school. Like we watched that. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it was like. So from what I remember, uh, I think he, they put it together within a week. Or whatever they shot a bunch of the footage within the week, and they kind of used a lot of the stuff for some of the other videos, and then recycled some to to make the other videos. So it was just kind of a quick and dirty thing. And then the whole interesting thing about the louder than bombs thing is that it came at a time when the lit, the Smiths were literally falling apart. You know, not even a month earlier. This came uh, out in what eighty seven? Eighty seven. So it'll be tomorrow. Will be the thirtieth anniversary. So about a month earlier in the UK, uh, they put out a similar compilation. Lots of different tracks called uh, "The World Won't Listen," and so it was kind of their uh, assemblage sort of, of their the UK thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this one started selling so well in the UK that they eventually had. Oh yeah, to, they were importing it. They were importing yeah. it that they eventually had to re-release it in the UK because the fans oh, were I so upset that. that. Wait a second, we just bought this one compilation, and then Sire, you know, the US record company, put this one out, and then uh, so. The fans and didn't they angry. like to to try and make good? They ended up selling du- the double album for like the price of a single album yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So and Sire is a sub label of Warner. Is that right? Yeah, the one one of the Warner record labels, and they have the all the rights to the Smiths and uh, most of the Morrissey stuff in the U.S. and most of the world, I think, too. Um, you know, if you're a Smith completist, it's got to be, or Smith slash Morrissey completist, it's got to be an incredibly frustrating band to be into. Like, <laughs> God damn it, there's that. Oh, fuck, there's that. Well, not only that, they're well, doing you um, have, like some rare Australian thing or something. Oh, yeah, Matt has the uh, uh, Education in Reverse. Education in Reverse. Which Morrissey, uh, I now know through him speaking about it in Autobiography, yeah. not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan that they changed this album to out Education in Reverse in Australia. Yeah, like somebody else just changed the name. Well, th- I guess they didn't like the word "hate" being because yeah. it's Viva Hate. Yeah. So I guess okay. they didn't. So they decided. We to had change our friends it. in Bongo Hate, and they changed their name. Yeah, but that's because that that band name sucked. <laughs> <laughs> that band name did suck, and they had no bongos, and the other <laughs> word was hate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then uh, the other weird thing is, I guess, less than six months later, the, the final Smiths record came out, you know, in Strange Ways. And then less than a year after Loud and Bombs, Morrissey's first solo Well, and Morrissey was like record. the only member of the Smiths in the video f- uh, for, what was that that we watched? Stop we watched me. it. Yeah, he's just riding bikes around. Stop me. Yeah. With a bunch of clones. At the time, uh, Andy Rourke was a full-blown addict and 
you know, nobody was acknowledging it. Nobody was trying to get him help. The what band, was the thing like that where he 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 wrote a note and went and like just put it underneath Andy Rourke's like windshield wiper and it says like Andy. Uh, your services are no longer needed in the Smiths, Morrissey. Yeah, basically that's how he fired. That's how he fired him. Well, I'm pretty sure the Pixies uh, broke up via fax. Uh, oh yeah, I heard something yeah, about that too. That's true. Yeah, I do. I I don't understand. Tensions run really, really high in these incredibly like famous, but not quite super famous bands. Mm-hmm. You know, like they. I guess maybe there's like tension because they're not like. They secretly want to be U two sized. I don't know. You know what you never hear about? You never hear about the band that broke up via like dial up modem, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like that shit. Like You're sitting there waiting for like, come on, <laughs> hang on. This email's halfway later. through. Let me go smoke a cigarette. I'll come back and check it. Exactly. Yeah. I I can't make all of this out. So anyway, yeah, there's that. Um, well, Matt, Matt, what do you want to listen to next? Are you guys ready to get into another one? And, um, sure, we could. Sure. Uh, let's I've see. got one that I'm really amused by, well, and, the, and we'll see if yeah, this, this passes next. muster. Yeah. London. Because to me, it sounds like if somebody like uh, challenged uh, Morrissey and Marr to write, uh, a, uh, write like a heavy metal song, uh, uh, it's funny but this that is you as say close that. as they would get. It's funny that you say We'll listen to it, and then I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the, the story yeah, I Not don't know anything about it. The song, I actually like I like the song a whole lot, but it, it's like really trying hard to rock. It's a great song. <laughs> yes, but okay, you're right. All right, play it. It's funny that you say that, Ryan, because a couple of years after that song, or well, after this compilation was released, did, did a metal band cover it? Or this something? song was on another compilation um, called "Attack of the Killer B Sides" by Anthrax. Anthrax covered this. See, song. there you yeah. go. So, so yes, you were correct. Uh, no, However, uh, you know, okay, think about it like this. All right, think about where these guys, what their background was. I mean, Mike Joyce came out of a punk band. Andy Work. Um, used to play with Johnny Marr, but they, you know, really came out of the post-punk scene. And also, like, Johnny Marr and, and Billy Duffy, who's the guitar player from The Cult, they were, like, thick as thieves. That's that's the first time, like... So there's there's a little bit of a, a aggression in the background. Right. Well, then, and also Morrissey's favorite band in the world were the New York Dolls, and that's yeah. not, like, a... Stick- sure, it's, sure. it's really interesting that, th- that this band, at the end of the day, became a sort of... 
taken as so fluffy and light in a lot of ways. It's either like, oh, they're so depressing, or there's no heft to them. I, and, and like, I call them a punk rock band, and people like scoff sometimes. I was like, no, they're a fucking I, punk I, rock. I mean, band. they're in their spirit of punk rock. They, yeah, they don't. Uh, I think follow they're like the the codified you know rules of like. No, uh, no, we'll no, do no. Things, yeah, no, 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 not you know aesthetically as far as like the song structure. I just want to sorry to interrupt you. I just want to sample you going. What do you think? I mean, I, I've seen a lot of punk bands. Yeah. It, it is not to, untrue. I want that to be my ringtone. <laughs> I think... What? what you say? I, we, we've got it on a recording. <laughs> make that happen. All right. make, that's how we should start all our shows out now. Like, if we ever have a bumper, like, okay, thanks. What the, the, <laughs> Kevin, do you have anything you want to add here? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, one of the... So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, touch on this Frendel piece again, just because it is a series of wild tangents that I find completely fascinating. When, Wait, when did this come out, this piece that you're talking about? Like, oh, at the years, time? years ago. Like, yeah. the guy doesn't actually publish new stuff anymore, but he like he has kind of a retrospective on the Smiths in general and then kind of breaks down each one of their records. And um, uh, worth worth at least sharing that he says, like... Yeah, so he gave, he gave this record a 7 out of 10. And he said that... Uh, but he also said that if you're going to start... If you're going to start, if you never listened to Smiths before and you want to get to know this band, this is the record you should start with. That's fair. He said, he said, um, that he said, I'll warn you though, that there are a few stinkers in here and there. If there, if there weren't a seven would be much too low a grade. Those who enjoy drab honey, honey drippers style balladry will kill a nut his term for, <laughs> for, for golden lights. Uh, fans of dull backing tracks disguised as instrumentals. will give a thumbs way up the ass of oscillate wildly. That's gotta <laughs> be the same guy that wrote the gang of four thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, but anyway, he said appreciators of the soulless, happy, la- uh, happy lounge jazz pro, created by dire straits will love heaven knows i'm miserable now though admittedly the lyrics are hilarious i was looking for a job and then i found a job and heaven knows i'm miserable now um anyway and then he then he wraps it up by saying that if you're if you're some goddamn neo hippie his words uh sitting with a flower girl in a field of green strumming an acoustic guitar feel free to take stretch out and wait off my copy for your ipod and don't bring it back <laughs> and then he says isn't that how ipods work they suck the music off your cds so you just have a bunch of blank cds laying around to use as drink coasters i hope so because i'm out of drink coasters and the stores are all closed for the sabbath well since we're doing it looks like since you got us going on to three on this first segment um uh i kind of would love to listen to heaven knows i'm miserable now just because he brought it up and um, also, they are some of the funniest Smiths lyrics ever. Uh, and but also inadvertently, I think that because that that title "Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now," I think a lot of Morrissey's post Smiths and during the Smiths reputation is based on that song title in and of itself. Well, you've brought that. No, up that's in, true. In I past, bet that's true. In a past show, like people don't get that it's a joke. A lot of it's a joke. Yeah, it's oh, a very tongue firmly planted in cheek. Most of the Coos career. Yeah. A lot of it is. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Anyway, let's listen to that one. I was happy in the haze of a drunken hour But heaven knows I'm miserable now I was looking for a job and then I found a job And heaven knows I'm miserable now In my life Why do I give valuable time To people who don't I 
genuinely love that song. And it's got arpeggios all over the place, but uh, Shane's like obsessed with how the guitar changes throughout. It changes through the whole song. Like he doesn't, like it's got, he's playing like constantly different stuff. And I never, it's so, and he's also got like, he puts like the cans on in the studio and then just Dude, no, dude's like a guitar parts. prodigy, which but like it, listening to this over the last week made me wonder like, you think he could pull off speed metal if he wanted to? He could pull off any fucking thing he wanted to. I mean, that's. Yeah. But, but the, 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 I never know that the, those little those guitar parts fit together so seamlessly, and he changes up the main guitar thing every single time. There's like a verse, and uh, I never noticed it until I like I had heard that song hundreds of times, literally, until I tried to learn it. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, you don't notice it because yeah, you were doing like a hoot night. It's so yeah, we were doing like a. Swiss I don't know tribute if people night. outside of Austin know what a hoot night it's is. Just a tr- it's a in other cities, it's a tribute night. So we were playing. Yeah, like it's, a, it's a bunch of different bands night. that get together and play the covers of songs by one artist. We yes. got one at the Cactus tomorrow. We'll go tribute night. Oh, nice! Ooh, Ooh. Kevin's ears are just perking up right now. Yeah. I played a. It's wolf. not a Morrissey hologram show, but you know, well, that, <laughs> close that's enough. Like what you and Matt yeah. are going to fight about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the inter- other interesting thing you brought up kind of during the break was how young Johnny Marr was. And I think he was like 20, 21, whenever mm-hmm. they recorded this. He went after the Smiths broke up immediately into working with Matt Johnson and did that. The, the, first the, 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 and first the Pretenders, though. Well, well, he toured with the Pretenders. And then, um, yeah, he split his time, but he wrote uh, Mind Bomb between that, which is. Well, and he's getting back together with the, the now, right? Yeah, they're uh, putting something out for Record Store Day. And they're putting out a new, well, a new old Smiths single as well for Record Store Day too. Which Interesting, is crazy. a new old Smith single. There's a different remix that I don't think I've only heard once. I've had, oh, I heard uh, something about that. Yeah, uh, and it's a single, seven inch. But the other cool thing is just like, I mean, it's so cinematic. The song is just so cinematic. I mean, just everything we kind of pick apart. I mean, I was every time I hear the bass part, I just like. God damn, that's a good bass part. It's just a fucking great song. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard it, like, again, like, I mean, not probably now, thousands of times, yeah. and um, it never gets any less interesting or poignant or funny. Yeah, it's There's super some funny. There's funny-ass lines in there, like, you know, the, I, he quoted, like, you know, the, I was looking for a job, and then I found a job, and yeah. have another I like the way that now. that's built, too. It's like, it's like he just liked the job, but he, like, left the job behind the couch. Oh, shit, there it is. Like, I was looking for it, now no, I like, found it. It's essentially like a sock. God like, I just happened upon this job. Yeah, the the, the guy who um, covered this record for Rolling Stone called Morrissey Modern Pop's Most Creative Masochist, and I think there's a little bit of, like, there's a kernel of truth in that. that that's uh, fair like, enough. Yeah, I, I, could, I could see that. I, 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 I would say that I agree with him about the job thing. The only thing worse than being unemployed is having a job. Yeah, it's when you don't want to go. That's true. That's right? why yeah. that line is so goddamn funny. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, a little bit of a double entendre. I don't yeah. really take umbrage. I just want to address that real quick. I don't really take umbrage with the masochist part of it. I just, I, I just consistently throughout the years, and you don't see it at rear its head up. It, people amongst our generation, our age group, see it as like the, the cutting and depressing. By cutting, I mean like cutting your arms. No, like, I know people who yeah. would intentionally cut their arms. Yeah, like, yeah. So they feel something, right? Which is not to denigrate or you know. No, no, not in any way. Uh, but like that, people that, who have that actual condition, right? That kind of cutting, rather than the cutting wit. Um, I think you see people that are younger than us like don't really clue into that stuff as much. But I like. It's hard for me to. Is 
like as sad as Morrissey, I never really particularly saw it as bleak and dark. Like it's no fucking Bauhaus, man, or something like. Or no, absolutely not. And I think you know he punctuates that with the caterwauls and the falsetto in the song. And well, yeah, the other thing that you guys have have that we've roundly discussed, and really like is sort of the like I read you the first line, but the, really the qualifying sentiment here is that the, he says that the the singer and lyricist know knew how to turn self loathing into a virtue. By redeeming it with humor, and I think that's true. Like the fact that those that the that the songs feel cinematic and uh, and sweeping, and at the same time have lyrics that can be heard a couple of ways and give you a chuckle at the same time. Like you know, there's a little bit of coming and going. Well, yeah, sometimes it seems like Morrissey's just writing to amuse himself. And I think that's why it works, though. Right. Yeah, that, that's why it comes off as funny. But it also, you know, there's a whole big thing in subculture. There's been like two or three documentaries. And why Latinos are so drawn to him, and I, I am genuinely curious about that. Well, you know, like, like so many like hey. like hardcore like Cholo guys. Before we yeah. go down this, to quote Kevin, rabbit hole, um, yeah. it's intermission time, and there's a lot to fucking unpack. All right, with well, that we'll, stuff. Get, we'll get into it on the other side. So yeah, let's let's play some intermission. Yeah, but inter- whatever it's called. Matt Munoz, so you're taking over the show tonight. We haven't done this since producer Mark took over the show, like a little. I feel honored. Well, you're the most frequent flyer on this. <laughs> you're the most frequent flyer guest on our show, and we just did our 100th episode last week. And thought it might be fun to have our most frequent flyer guest come on and just kind of. He's like the Charles Nelson Riley of, uh, <laughs> of somebody, somebody likes it, it. Yes. or the Charles Grodin. Ooh, that's that as well. Too. Yeah, Charles Grodin's crankier. So Both that's very white fun. men, yeah. but you know, I'll take yeah. obscure seventies references but, yeah. that it, can nobody say, like, Carlos under Nelson thirty Riley gets or Carlos Nelson Riley. Carlos Grodin. Yes. <laughs> okay, so here, Carlos Nelson Riley. Anyway, uh, so what are we going to watch today, Matt? We're watching Child Childish Gambino's three thousand and five. Childish Gambino. Um, have you guys seen Atlanta? AKA Donald yep, Donald Glover. Yeah. One of my favorite shows. We'll One talk, of my let's favorite talk shows. About that we'll we'll talk about that but later, yeah. but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Let's get out and take a look. All right, let's there watch that. Let's watch that shit. Okay. Hold up, wait a minute. All good. Just a week ago, crew at my house and we party every weekend. So on the radio, that's my favorite song. Make me bounce around like I don't know, like I won't be here long. Now the thrill is gone. Got no patience, cause I'm not a doctor. Go, why is you lying? Girl, why you Mufasa? Yeah, me casa su casa. Gotta strip it like Gaza. Got so high off volcanoes. Now the flow is so lava. Yeah, we spit that saliva. iPhone got message from Viber. Either the head is so hydra or we let bygones be bygones. My God, you pay for your friends. I'll take that as a compliment. Got a house full of homies. Why I feel so the opposite. Incompetent ain't the half of it. Saturdays with young lavish. The saddest shit is I'm bad as it. These they took from the cabinet. Sorry, I'm just scared of the future. Till 2005, I got your back, we can do this, hold up. No matter what you say, what you do, when I'm alone, I'd rather be with you. Fuck these other niggas, I'll be right by your side, till 2005, hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I have stolen uh, Kevin's microphone just to say that. Producer Mike is that, in the house. That is an absolutely gorgeous video. Like, I was visually just enthralled throughout that whole thing. It's it a is. good song, too. It's a good song. And really? I'll tell you what, I was super dismissive when that first record he put out before this one came out. I'm like, another actor trying to rap and this, that. But then 
I kind of really listened to the second record, and then I saw this video. Actually, this video within the last year, I I, I didn't know it was the video. Dude, video I kind of hate that guy for like how fucking talented he, he is, is real in like talented. so many different areas. He can act. He's a good stand-up. He raps apparently, uh, and is singing good in at this that. song like Cre- but, uh, like created Atlanta. Yeah, I mean not the city, but the you know, TV show, which the is show yeah. really great. The, the the thing is, he's really a, a disciple of great music and hip hop and everything. But also the video, I mean, it's just kind of this really metaphysical thing, man. It kind of, it, the whole Ferris wheel thing is the thing about life. And if you really noticed, so what's up with the teddy bear? So yeah, you, so they're on a. She, we should yeah. do a setup for everybody okay, that, so, at home. Yeah. Like, if you guys definitely go watch the video. But if you haven't yet, they're they're on a. He's on a Ferris wheel with a giant teddy bear right next to him. Yeah. And um, somewhat anthropomorphic teddy bear at points in the video. Yeah. We should also point out if 3,005, when you add three, th- three, th- three and five together is eight, which is a symbol for infinity, which is metaphysical, which he kind of talks about in interviews about this song. Um, loving somebody forever. And yeah, if Matt, you, you really got in. You really I really did because down, I thought man. it was super clever when I read about the song. And you know, I kind of dismissed him, like I said before, but then I was like, this guy's really no, he's on just a different good level. At a he's bunch kind of on a different shit. level. Like, and, when does he sleep? And then, when you, if you really look at the video again, you'll have to watch it again for those of you in here and also listening. But there's subtle things like the couple behind him; they age, and like, oh wow, yeah, subtly they age. And as as well, there's and a teddy like bear, the city's on fire. Yeah, in the, the world's pretty much going to hell, you know. And and it kind of corresponds with the lyrics, and it's kind of just like really cool crafted. Everything together. So what was like, up wow. with the the teddy bear falling apart? Was that about the age? Yeah, it's aspect? kind of like life aging, and then you see him gone at the end, and the teddy bear is still there, and he's dead apparently. You know, and the teddy bears are like all threadbare and worn yeah. at this point. Yeah. So I mean, it's, there's it's all kind of weird stuff. metaphysical symbolism in time, but it's yeah. That dude is a so fucking well renaissance done. man. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I was talented. actually I was watching his stand up, and and like an old roommate of mine was like walking through the living room, and he's like, "Oh, it's uh, Childish Cambino." Like he does stand up, and I I hadn't known him as a rapper. Yeah. Like that's how this dude knew him, and he knew him like credibly yeah. that way. Uh, the kids and I knew him. him from Community, like which was a good show. And he left to like go pursue music, and then he comes back. Yeah, to, he used to write, I think, for Thirty Rock. He did. Write he wrote for at twenty three. Yeah, twenty three. And the other thing is, you know, when the first Chance record came out, to Chance rapper, I kind of dismissed him as well because it was all about you know doing LSD and like you know it's a trippy. Whatever I thought it was just one of these flavor of the month rappers, and then, you know, he's kind of tight with that guy, and it's just these kids, these two guys are, are really on another level as far as bringing hip hop and music into, yeah, I have, and just I have doing other stuff. Crazy, just, I mean, did you like um, what was the um, uh, that um, Jordan Peele movie that um, I'm get get, out. yeah, get, get out. out. I haven't I haven't seen it yet, um, but uh, when Chance the Rapper went and saw it a couple of weeks ago. He loved it so much that he he rented out every seat in the movie theater for the rest of the day for anybody that wanted to come see it. He's like, hey, if you're in Chicago and you want to come see this movie for free, I bought every seat. That's and I'm going to come back later in the day and that's watch cool. it again. Yeah, that's, that's, that I mean, that's the kind of weird shit that we're talking about, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's really cool. It's really, like, you know, all over the place doing different stuff. Like, yeah. And I think kind of in these troubled times, if it were, you kind of need these renaissance artists 
that are really kicking, you know, because I kind of dismiss them all. It's something the kids are into. Same thing with I Chance. get a little bit too music-wise. That song was badass. Yeah, really, and then you listen fantastic. to stuff, and you like the new album that he has. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've heard some of the new album, and I really, crazy. really liked the new album. Super it was crazy. really crazy, but it was what I've heard is really good. That's the first stuff I've really ever heard. Yeah. I, was, I was really dismissive as well. I love his stand-up, and I love Atlanta. I never watched Community, but that's where I became aware of him. Anyway, cool. That was a cool pick. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, similarly did not love Community, and Community had some people in it who I think highly of, but um, but I so love Atlanta, and then as I continue to like sort of kind of back into some of his other work, it's like, I'm like, well, shit, now I have to re-examine all of it. Yeah, I kind of so, feel the same way, too. Yeah. Like, anyway. I would, I would go like, back and watch some Community, because there's some stuff on there that's really Pretty clever. damn funny. Anyway, I think, I think the bottom line is, like, it, it's easy to get behind... Or at the very least, like we one of the things we talked about in the very early some very early episodes of this show, like maybe the first one, but certainly some early episodes is like to be like the conceit that that people make or or the the step that they take in order to be famous sometimes is you have to be willing to go farther and work harder. But sometimes I think famous people just have a high motor this guy's got a high motor like a high creative motor. no i agree with that statement i think that's that's an, an yeah, interesting I'm not way to look like, at I, it i don't know when he sleeps yeah. like he's constantly has something new thing out that's also really good yeah. well that shit was awesome thanks for bringing that up matt and um let's go back in and talk about los mios Um, I read it. I shared a couple of snippets from this semi-lucid uh, Mark Prendel review, but there, but I think we're kind of doing a disservice. This the Smith's record, louder than bombs, a disservice if we don't kind of uh, give you the origin piece here. And this will be the last little nugget that I'll share from this thing. And basically, he says uh, the Smiths sprouted out of Manchester, England, in the early '80s with an agenda of red-hot hate. Fury stoked fascism and undying contempt for the remnants of the peace and love generation. A violent reactionary right wing oi band with obvious connections to the National Front. This four piece of bile, Screamer Stephen Morrissey, Thrasher Johnny Moore, Brass Pummeler Andy Rourke, and Blast Beat Supremo Mike Himmler's Hammer Joyce knew that the entire final solution agenda would be doomed from the start if they couldn't find a more erudite uh, way of couching such horrific to the comfortable bourgeois masses slogans as quote I wear black on the outside because I hate all blacks on the inside I can't even read the rest of it it's a it is it is it's exactly the opposite of what this band is but um but also pretty yeah, review and that's the, pretty like, funny though. Uh, it's, yeah, it's well, and what he's, he's what he's quoting there is, I wear black on the outside because of black is how I feel on the inside. Which song is that from? It's unlovable, um, which unlovable. is actually which the song we're going to talk about here. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, Mark Brindle, wherever you are, uh, thanks for thanks for this. Like I, dude, like, I, I have laughed a lot. Is the weirdest, like I want to read. Like, yeah, he's incredibly funny. No, he's he's really funny. And in the middle of it, there's like a. There's like the I'm the paragraph I'm not sharing is like a porn review, so it's like he just drops that in the middle of it and then he goes back to the whole thing about <laughs> anyway. So weird. Yeah, um, I see him and like Chuck Klosterman like debate each other. Dude, that shit is way funnier than Chuck Klosterman, I think. Uh, I'm a I'm a Klosterman fan. He's all right. He I can be too. very funny, but that's that's less self. The thing about Klosterman is that it's not that is not as 
self-aware as Klosterman stuff is. That's just being weird for weird's sake. Sometimes, yeah, we, we again, no rabbit holing here, but the... Uh, no sidebarring. The, yeah, the, we won't sidebar or go down the rabbit hole. But anyway, all cliches aside, um, it, it just is an absurdist take on uh, the brute rock of the Well, I, I do appreciate it. Well, I'm glad the that you brought rock? up the, the, those lyrics to Unlovable because in the last well, couple of weeks... There was a little bit of controversy because Morsi's about to start a tour in um, a couple of weeks, and he put up uh, on his unofficial official website one of the pieces of merch, which is a picture of James Baldwin, who, if we don't know, was a black activist in the 60s. Poet, oh, yeah. He's, who, a movie was they just, just made uh, a movie just called a movie. I'm Not Your Negro. Yes. And uh, so there's been a lot of uh, talk about him. And in the autobiography, he talks about how much he relates to James Baldwin and he's a gay black man, and so wrote for Esquire show, for and years. He lived and, in Paris. For, yeah. So I'll show you the the piece of merch, and we'll, if we need to, we can link it somewhere. But it's it's basically a picture of James Baldwin with the lyric from um, "Unlovable." Um, you know, I wear black on the outside because black is how I what feel. What the? F- I just I don't even understand. I'm sorry. Like that's it's just patently. F- yeah. So fucking. There's a offensive. T-shirt. Let's fucking blackface. He's a British, white British man. Like, what? And what is he even trying to say there? Like, well, you, I mean, you tell me. Like, well, I think, you know, there's a couple things. I mean, obviously, you know, he's always had a deep appreciation for James Baldwin. Yeah, but I'm saying, the, but, the, but, the, but the everyday person that would see you wearing that shirt would think that you were. If you're not a Morrissey fan, you're not going to get You're not going to get it. And, I, and then, you know, they quickly scrapped. The idea, because it, it, it definitely could be perceived as offensive. Misconstrued. But, you know, he got the photo and licensed it from the Baldwin estate and did all the, the proper things that he needs to, to you, you know, to sell this T-shirt. And I think it's just, you know, he's always had a reputation or people want to perceive Morrissey as a racist and... He's kind of not really racist. It's I, don't, just, I don't feel like he's, he's racist, but things. I feel like that's, that's a very poor conceived idea. I, I kind of think it is, but I also think it's kind of, kind of kick ass because it's almost in the, in your face enough. You know, I think there's a part, a part where it's a political He's statement. Always where it's trying to like stir up the pot, or you know, po- I don't know. We poke could have the a, beehive yeah. or whatever. A long conversation about that, but essentially, what I would see if I saw somebody wearing that on the street and I didn't know who that was and I didn't know what that lyric was, all I would see is like somebody, that person apologizing feeling black on the inside or it just no it doesn't i don't i don't get it at all i don't feel i don't it doesn't make me it makes me obviously feel uncomfortable hey you guys want to talk about music (laughs) we can do that so you want to you want to listen to that song or let's listen to a little bit of unlovable because i think it's also i mean yeah built into the mystique of if you know that song and you know and you know the the smiths um do you think this is a, a winking song um, I do not. Okay, because that, yeah, that wasn't the impression I got. I, it, no, no, I, it I, seems I, I, genuinely morose. Are you saying that it was like that? It, that the band was winking uh, by your estimation, or that it was a song designed to make you well, feel comfortable to make with you winking? wink? Well, yeah, sure, yes. like designed to make your your it's eye like some like subliminal thing that's get that's twitchy. Happening. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah. No, but Morrissey yeah. oftentimes will write stuff you know that, that, that he's just fan? being sure. like funny and clever, and it sounds kind of morose. But sometimes he's genuinely being just depressing. Yeah. Sometimes he. This is one of those. Yeah. Um, never had no one ever. Like that's a gen, just a genuinely depressing song. I mean, he's there's a lot of genuinely depressing. Don't get. Last night I dreamt that somebody loved me. 
it's not a lighthearted song. But, you know, there's a lot of the lightheartedness to kind of buoy the other stuff. Not lighthearted, cutting wit. Sure. This this one is just just, just sad. You know, going back to your point earlier, I think it um, it seems super morose and sad and self, you know, whatever loathing. But you know, the the music kind of pushes it along and kind of gives it a little. We talked about this last week, like you know, like uh, Ten Thousand Maniacs did that a lot, or what were you saying? Oh, like, where, where they'd have like kind of a, bo- a buoyant music. Mel- melody with uh, really like. Just like lyrics about like child abuse. Yeah, yeah, what's right, the matter? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were talking. What were we? T- anyway, whatever. Like, oh, I'm sure that's. I'm but that's kind of the hey, bu- what were we talking about like two weeks ago? When we was just sitting around. You just talking about a story how you like that. I don't know. Let's move yeah. on. Okay. Um, that's the beauty of the band. In a nutshell, there they kind of move. I actually, back and I forth like, between I like those things. More lyrically than I do musically. I uh, think I it's think probably it's, not very interesting musically. I, I, I think musically, it's one of their few. So- and, and while I think it's a good listen, I think personally, it's one of their very few songs that hasn't completely gelled yet. Like I didn't work. Like it, on yeah, it. it wasn't finished. Yeah, it wasn't finished. Well, didn't you tell me that they like uh, the band would go off and write the music, uh, like Mar pretty much directing, you know? Um, yeah. And then the, Morrissey the would get the then, tapes, and then he would and, come and up he, with everything on his own. And then and then record on his own and yeah. Yeah, stuff just, like that. I don't know if that one was a B side or what, but it, it, it probably should have been a B side. It, it just wasn't. It, it it was a little half baked. I mean, it again. It's not. I mean, there, I think there's a reason why it's at the end of the compilation. It's not a good. I mean, it's not a bad song, but it's definitely not. Well, Asleep's a really good song, and it's the last song on the thing. Well, they wanted to end strong. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah. We haven't even talked about please, 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 which is on here, which is my favorite thing on here. Please, please, um, please. It uh, might be a from start <laughs> to finish perfect song. <laughs> it might yeah, be one which, of the, which is one that I only knew from. Like I, I got all my Smith stuff from. Different you already places. said you wanted to listen to us. You got the last one here, but so you, well. No, I, I mean I definitely want to listen to Asleep. But um, if you're out there listening, please, please, please let me get what I want. Is amazing, and it, I only knew it from the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. Um. And also, there's an instrumental of it uh, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Safe to say, John Hughes liked the Smiths. That is true, uh, absolutely. Well, if we're gonna do one more, let's because we're getting we're getting down to the end here. Um, you want to let's do a little bit of a sleep, and we'll have a little chat about that. Yeah, it's one I, that I didn't know, and I'm and again, it's a big an, fan of now. It's a it's a oh, you didn't know this song before. I did not know this. Oh, song this, this is week. um this is a uh, this is one where his voice really shines. I think personally. And it's another really sad one, but not it's in no. that histrionic, over-the-top sad way. No, well, it's, it's kind of got a double meaning uh, to it, but mostly one. 
Yeah, well, but he's, we'll discuss he slips in some side. stuff in there. But okay, yeah. yeah, Mark, let's do that. Sing me to sleep. Sing me to sleep. I'm tired and I. I want to go to bed. Sing me to sleep. Sing me to sleep. And then leave me alone. Don't try to wake me in the morning, cause I will be gone. Don't feel bad for me. I want you to know. Deep in the cell of my heart, I will feel so glad to go. Yeah, it might be about two things, but I'm about ready to slam dance. It's pretty. Pre- <laughs> yes. Ryan's got his mosh pit garb on. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a... I didn't know you, you just stash his flannels. It's like, so you can break them out at a moment. No, notice. man. I, I, God damn. If I listen, it gets him no, worked seriously, up. Seriously, when I listen to that song, I feel like I need a box of tissues. Like, uh, like it's just tragic. It's re- it's one of those times, like I said again, it's like, it's it's Morrissey's sadness, but it's so sparse just with he and that piano. It's sort of... Not the same as please, please, please let, let me get what I want when it's pretty much just he and a, and a guitar. But it sort of is. Those are the. I don't think it's. I don't think it's any coincidence that those are the two genuinely saddest songs of a band known for sadness. So my my take on this, and correct me if you feel that I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Like it's ostensibly a lullaby slash suicide note, and mainly a suicide note. It's mostly note. a suicide note. Yeah, don't try to wake me in the morning because I will be gone. I will be yeah. gone. There is a better yeah. world. Yeah, it's like, don't weep for me or whatever. Like, don't yeah, feel sad for me. Don't yeah. feel sad for me. Yeah, just like just horrifically sad. But then um, you have that beautiful piano. No, and it's, really, it's a really pretty song, like for sure, but it's it's... Yeah, it's where it when he started playing it again a couple of years ago on tour. It's where I saw the most masculine men breaking down, crying to the song, See, I including myself a couple of times. Yeah. You tour. are the most masculine <laughs> man I know. So yeah, yeah. so it's it's really one of those things. And then you know you don't you expect him to play some Smith songs, and then when he randomly comes up with something like this, and you hear it, and you don't think you're ever going to hear it live. And, you know, they'll never get back together, or whatever. But it's it's kind of really moving because especially a lot of people when they're it's really moving for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, it's a good way, it's a good way to end the, the record. How many how many Morrissey shows have you seen? Well, we're coming up with the, the two in a couple of weeks. It'll be fifty four and fifty five. Did you ever uh, were you ever able to see the Smiths? Never. Uh, well, all right. see, he's like a he's like a guy like he's like a dad that buys a Porsche trying to compensate for the fact that like his his parents <laughs> didn't have a car when he was growing up. Like that's. I've seen this. That's a weird s- analogy, but I kind of get where you're going. <laughs> I've seen that. I've seen Morrissey eleven times, and I feel like that's a lot. And well, there's people who have seen him way more than I. Yeah, have. but you see them a lot. I've seen him a lot, but this is over hey, twenty something years. So, do you have theories as to why he's so huge with the Hispanic community, like and the Smiths? You, you know, a lot of it is you know kind of because uh, I, I, I you a, need to like, go watch some of the movies online. You can yeah, watch I tend to about like it. associate. Your community with like being kind of machismo, yeah, 
and the Smiths are not that. Uh, yes and no. I think it's 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 uh, it's kind of a, there's a whole theory. Of this guy Gustavo Arellano, who writes for the OC Weekly, and he um, talks about how it's a great article, and he nails it on the head. Where he talks about ranchera music and especially uh, songs by Jose Alfredo Jimenez, made famous by Vicente Fernandez, which are these big Mexican ranchera ballads and you know telling of loss and how if you leave me. So a lot of these. Kids grow up listening I, I to. I do know. I do know that. Volver, um, volver, and I know. You know that, I was going to say like that. I know Vincent. The Fernandez, restaurant that I yeah. work at uh, is the kitchen is staffed largely by Hispanic women or like Mexican women, like who have immigrated here from Mexico, okay. and so they listen to like Spanish language music. And the number one word that comes up more than anything else, and they're like really they're mostly ballads, uh, but is corazón. Like every song is oh mi corazón heart. Yeah, it's um, heartache, and, and you grow you, you grew up listening to those Mexican ballads. Stuff. Yeah, and if and like I said, Gustavo Arellano, he really has a great article about it. He wrote a couple years ago in the OC Weekly, and a lot of these documentaries and things that people made online. I think there's like four or five that try to try to do that. Um, it's just like amazing. The love affair between Mexican Americans and Morrissey isn't that surprising. But it's not just Mexican Americans; it's Mexicans. Well, well no, too. like, like yeah. he doesn't he sell out like stadiums and he's starting his tour right now in Mexico. That's where he is right now. He's in Mexico and he's doing four nights in Mexico, different guess, different parts of the country too. So. I, I guess for me, like, I never really thought about it because, like, the closest city to me when I was growing up was San Antonio, and in San Antonio, the two big things it's like heavy metal, heavy metal, and the Smiths. It was always yeah. Morrissey, always the same. Well, isn't that where a girl in a coma is from? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I never really it's thought it was that weird. To me. It, it I mean, is fascinating great. if you think about it. It's fascinating, but it, to me, I never thought until a couple of years ago. Like when you ha- when you started seeing Vatos like pull up their shirts and have like Stephen or Morrissey like over their you know that that horseshoe over the ribcage kind of tattoo. Yeah. Well, I, I talk about the when I, I he was doing like a five night stand at the Wiltern when I lived in L.A. I think it was a night three. I was in, in the pit, and there was a night that he threw the shirt out towards the end of the set, and it came right to me. And I've never been in a gang fight before, but it literally, the entire floor. How long ago was this? Uh, probably about a good 10, 12 years ago now. The entire floor, like the killers were opening up from like three of the five nights or something. So they were just brand new. So whenever they were first coming out. So, um, Literally the entire floor, standing section, just like started pummeling. Like I had girls pulling my hair, coming down on you, dudes hitting me. Did you get away with the shirt? I held on to it as long as I could, and then I finally just fucked this and threw it up in the air for grabs. Because I saw, I saw him throw it. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Two seconds, like it's coming right at me, and it's kind of gross and sweaty. And I'm like, big fan, but I'm like, it's kind of gross. You don't, and sweaty. you don't need his perspiration. I don't need his perspiration on me. Plus, if you were, if I think if you were seventeen and not in your thirties, yeah. it would have meant a lot. Absolutely, a lot more. I probably would have fought for it more. But the fact that you had about I don't know sixty, seventy people kind of jumping you, essentially, what, what it was. No shirt is worth Vatos, that. Vatos, yeah. yeah. It was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Well, Matt, thank you for uh, yeah <laughs> leading us down this path. Yeah, um, it was, thanks for like con- I, somehow I'd never listened to this whole record all the way through. Well, uh, that's that's well, good. You know, thirtieth anniversary and all that coming up. I think it's kind of the other crazy things is you know within six months the band is dead. They're done. You know, 
You know, they put out the last record after they've broken up. Johnny Mars on with the Pretenders and then with the the. the well, and, and Morrison's Mort- doing Viva Hate. So the songs on They're this record span yeah. from what what year to what year? I mean, they, they kind of like go the from... The entire, like, catalog, pretty much? Yeah, pretty much from 84 on. I mean, they really only had the recorded period from 84 to 87. Three so years. all these songs... That's why this... that One of the things that when I say consistency, that's one of the brilliant things about this record is that you really can't tell, other than a couple of things, most of these songs... What year? The, it, it very, four very distinct recording periods. If you listen to the records, the records sound completely different. Every single one of them. Yeah, I mean, even the f- they start off with what, a couple of John Peel session things, and you can't even tell that it's kind of. You can't really tell like what it's. Yeah. Uh, it's it a, flows it's a really well put flows. together. Hey, by the way, Mark, I just found this on the table. It's been here all week. It's a candle from. Uh, oh, from last week. Is it's from our candles from, from, from our uh, from our one hundredth anniversary. anniversary last week. I don't know how why it was here, but. I was gonna take it home and like hold it up, like. Anyway, okay, Matt, what's the what song do you have for us for the last? So I, this is kind of a staying with a little bit on the R and B thing. I've got this um, this kid that uh, kind of is blowing up right now. He's from El Paso, of all places. So this is kind of a mm-hmm. twofold thing. Yeah. And whenever um, you know my hometown gets knocked a lot, it's in a lot of controversy right now with the wall, you know, and all that. I don't want to get into the political side, but Hoping there's not a whole lot of things that. Positive that they've come out El Paso musically in its history. Maybe the Bobby Fuller Four, At the Drive-In, uh, the Rhythm Pigs. For At the Drive-In has a new song. Uh, yeah, actually, well, I guess that's not what you're playing. But no, no, no. So it's this kid named Khalid, and it's a song uh, by the name of Location. It's really interesting. He's 19 years old. He only started making music like a year ago. Started putting stuff up on SoundCloud. People started noticing it. This one producer and then the A&R guy from RCA. Then somebody... This is how the world works now. This is why I'm so fascinated by this kid. Kylie Jenner Snapchatted oh, God, her, listening really? to, her listening to the song. But that was to his advantage because the, on Spotify, it's up to 72 million listens now, which is when I first started listening so to it. It was like... Genuinely viral. 15, kind of. yeah. Jesus yeah. A little Christ. push from a Kardashian. Yeah, and when I when I first saw the video, it was like under a million views, and now it's like, if you pull up the video or something, it's like 22 million. It's kind of a crazy thing because he shot it in El Paso, which I appreciate. Zim so mostly shot at the Sun Bowl. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. But the other cool thing is like his voice is like, doesn't sound like a 19-year-old kid. It's I want to say it's almost like a Shuggy Otis kind of throwback voice, and the production is just pretty All crazy. Right. Let's, let's try it on. Let's do it. All right. Send me your location. Let's focus on communicating. Cause I just need the time and place to come through. Send me your location. Let's ride the vibrations. I don't need nothing else but you. At times I wonder why I fool with you But this is new to me This is new to you initially I didn't want to fall for you Gather my attention, it was all for you So don't take advantage Don't leave my heart damaged To understand that things go a little bit better when you plan it Oh, so won't you send me your location, let's focus on communicating Cause I just need the time and place to come through so it's, cr- it's crazy, man Like, you know, we talked a little bit about the whole viral thing 
He ended up having the number nine record after a week after it came out. When did this come out? Uh, beginning of March. And he recorded this wow. pre-signage? Or? Oh, majority of the tracks, It doesn't yeah. really I think matter anymore. Like, I mean, it does, but... Well, I mean, you get wider distribution. Sure, but 75 million listens. I mean, like... Yeah, just this, off the strength of that, he got picked up by Kara Lewis, who used to be a um, big-time booking agent. She used to book these guys by the name of uh, Eminem and uh, Kanye West. Yes, I've heard of them. <laughs> I think it's so, Interscope. Yeah, so, no, well, she uh, she's a booking agent, so she's on now right. she's doing her own management thing. So, yeah, yeah so she was booking them for tours and stuff. And so now, um, but she took him over. Well, the RCA guy picked him up, and then they hooked him up with Carlos. So they've he's got a pretty hefty team behind him now, and I hope they don't fuck him up because I think well, the kid's great, voice. He's got a great voice. Yeah, yeah, it starts really, and with me with the voice. I don't really care about that song, but I like that song really. But that's the kind of music that I like to. It yeah. reminds me of a lot of the like the neo bossa nova stuff that I like to listen to that that you don't at all. So like it hits. It hits me in that. I can, but it's one of those where I can tell that he's totally talented and, like, yeah. I don't give a shit. Um, and I get that because right. I, when, I, when I first heard I was like, okay, it's all right. But then I started, you know, doing a little bit more research, and the kids were just fucking going nuts for him. And then I got to see him at South By. I was like, all right, I want to see how real it is. If he could, like, pull it off. And he's, man, super talented. How did he draw at South By? Kids were, like, out, out of uh, the container bar. There was, yeah. They're trying to look over the fence. Those and that mess. Yeah, that will, yeah, sure. It was like crazy. And like he, he, he's so smart. He ended up going to the side of the stage and singing to the, all the people that didn't get in. So he's and got they stage were presence their as well. Fucking mind. Oh yeah. Dude. Yeah. He's got that. He's got yeah. a really interesting like. How like, old is this guy? Nineteen. Just turned nineteen. Yeah. So we're probably watching the emergence of. I hope so because you know, and I kind of I collated with the childish, with the more kind of developed, really smart, kind of already got it together guy with somebody who's got a lot of potential, and then they'll text his old Paso tie-in, you know, kind of because we're here. But I think well, it's you, yeah, yeah, you've got like a little bit of hometown pride. Yeah, like, man. Like I said, there's nothing a lot that comes out of El Paso that's really great, and it's kind of like the the kid, the, the kid, the fact that you see it. And it's real, man. The kids were like, you know, the, the rest of the record he played or whatever. It's a short record. And it's all about being a teenager. It's called American Teen. Um, and they were singing every word. I mean, and it only had been out like two weeks. And these kids were singing everything back to them. That is, that is pure viral. It's right pure there. viral, and it's really real when you can connect. Well, so the, the song is pretty much just about him, like, trying to hook up with a chick. Yeah. Yeah, send me your location. And it's about, yeah. And it's about, That's what like, teenagers are going through, you know, they're trying to I know, it, just, it just made me feel old. Yeah. Why did, I don't understand. Like, it, it is what it is. It's just different than what you went through. Like, it, I don't no, know. It's cool. Shit like that doesn't make me feel old. It's it's it just interesting. Like, yeah. it's just something that's different. You know, like, I'm not like, I don't, like, when you say shit, like, and you say this all the time, it's like you're old man Grundy down the lane, like, hey, you kids, get off your cell phones or some whatever. It's just different. Yeah. Like, why does it, it make you feel different. old? I, I don't know that it, um, I'm not the guy telling people to get off my lawn. You kind of are in the way you say shit like that sometimes. Well, see right. now I'll, you can. When, if you're never, standing next to a tween here in the next you couple say weeks, the like, kids or you're the, like Khalid. you say that stuff all the time. Like Fine. you say the kids or the youngsters. I'll never or, mention my age again. I am 19. I don't care Shame. that you mention your age. It's just I'm just. It's always curious to me. Like here's something. Uh, so yeah, please talk about anything else. Kevin. Well, I don't. Yeah, yeah, we'll go down the tangent road anytime. But the um, Matt, you'll appreciate this. So. Is it weird that like watching that video, like and the and another like you're two for two and picking 
gorgeous, like super well shot stuff. Um, he kept like there is a there is a super Camaro vintage muscle car that's yeah. that's part of this, which is like I was like that might be the sexiest thing in that it, whole video. It really is. But but he kept like he would take that car out in the desert, and then and then you know there was a little bit of song and dance, and then he would get in it. And then, you know, I guess ostensibly she, he got her location and then he would punch it. And all I kept thinking was like, motherfucker, you were in the desert. Like, save some gas. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's just like, so that's, and that's why he's there and I'm yeah. sitting around a table with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a beautiful car. Right. Anyway, <laughs> it was a cool shot. That was good stuff. Thanks yeah. for coming in, Matt. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. It was, it was, it was fun to have somebody else come in and. Take the reins for a little while. Um, what do you have for us next time, Ryan? Um, before we oh. before we dive into that, should we should we do our um, listener submission yeah, for next so we've week? Got, we've got a, yeah, we've got a couple things that we were. So I've got one on reserve, but uh, we got a compelling letter from a listener, and Kevin was talking about. Uh, Maybe we should do that, and I think it's one oh, that yeah, both yeah. you Sorry. and I will like. So uh, yeah, yeah. So he teased we, me with it. I, I don't know much beyond. We'll go into we'll go into greater detail, obviously, as we set it up next week. But um, it is uh, Joy Division closer. So that's what that's what one of our Maybe one of our come listeners back for that says. one. <laughs> yeah, and we're just gonna try and work our way through Matt's record collection, basically. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Well, why don't we do that one next week if you guys are good at? Yeah, it. I'm down. Yeah, I'm down for that. All right, sweet. I guess until next week, I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Mark. And it's Matt. And it's Shane. This is Somebody Likes It.